Hello, and welcome to Transfusion's monthly podcast. I'm your host, Yara Park. In today's episode, we'll be speaking with Drs. Sean Hewish and Rebecca Cardigan, who will be discussing their recent work, a comparison of platelet function in cold store whole platelets and platelet concentrates. Welcome, Dr. Hewish and Dr. Cardigan. Thank you for joining us. Dr. Hewish, would you please introduce yourself? Hi, I'm Sean Hewish. I work in the Component Development Lab in Cambridge in NHS Blood Transplant UK. I'm a Principal Component Development Scientist, primarily working on plasma component development, and I've worked in this for the last seven years. Thank you. And Dr. Cardigan, can you introduce yourself for us? Hello, I'm uh, Rebecca Cardigan. Um, I'm Head of Component Development for NHS Blood and Transplants in England. Um, and by training, I'm a clinical scientist in haematology, and I've been working in this area for 20 years. Thank you both so much for being with us today. So first, can you summarize your study and your results for our listeners? So in, in the study that we performed, because there is um, a resurgence of interest in the transfusion of whole blood, uh, we were very interested in trying to understand platelet function in whole blood compared to platelet concentrates um, when both are stored uh, refrigerated. Um, and although there are published literature on, on both of those aspects, there really hasn't been a comparison of the two in the same study, which is what we uh, intended to do, because I think the question was really, if how do your platelets uh, fare during cold storage in whole blood or in a bag of platelets? And in essence, are those any different when they're stored refrigerated? Um, so we performed a study to... Uh, compare whole blood stored at four degrees for up to around 21 days with um, a bag of platelet concentrates stored at four degrees and also um, a, a mini dose of PLP type platelets uh, again stored at, at four degrees compared to um, our standard room temperature stored platelet concentrates. Uh, and in the main um, the results that we obtained showed that, as expected in whole blood, the number of whole platelets that you have becomes less as time goes on. So at, at 21 days, you've lost around 50% of your intact platelets. Um, and as a result, there's an increase in platelet microparticles and your platelets that are stored in the cold, be it whole blood or or in platelet concentrates become uh, pro-aggregatory um, and activated uh, during storage. In the main, um, our data suggests from our laboratory studies that there was not a huge degree of difference in many of those laboratory markers between platelets that were contained within whole blood or stored uh, in a bag of platelets. A lot of the, the changes that we saw were quite similar. Uh, but Dr. Hewish can elaborate on, on some of the detail. Thank you, Rebecca. Yeah, the, was, there were some minor differences between the two, the cold stored platelet and the cold stored whole blood for their response to individual agonists. But generally, they were very, um, as you said, very similar. And the biggest difference was when you were comparing them to our current standard of care, which is your room temperature. Platelets stored for 
up to seven days in the UK. And I I think I'm right in saying, Sean, that the there was also a difference in the um, decrease in platelet count, which was more pronounced when platelets were in whole blood than, than stored as a bag of platelets. Yes, that is correct. Um, whole blood decreases, the platelet count decreases more dramatically in your whole blood than your core platelets or your room temperature platelets. So for us non-platelet biologists out here, can you explain the platelet markers you chose for the assays of looking at function and what those told us? Um, we tried to capture as sort of a broad, um, a breadth of different hemostatic processes and functions for platelets. So we're aware that there is limitations to the study and that we haven't looked at, for example, any um inflammatory aspects of platelet function but we were very focused on hemostatic we um, with our response to agonists we looked at ADP um, response to thrombin and response to collagen to sort of capture different aspects of clot formation and clot breakdown we did um, that um, that response to agonists with two different methodologies, one impedance aggregometry and one flow cytometry to again, just to kind of give a good overview of how these platelets would function and whether they would be able to still form a clot. As Rebecca said, over storage, you get quite a degradation of platelet count and release of microparticles. So we tried to understand whether those microparticles had a function and could promote clot formation, thrombin generation again, so that you weren't just sort of losing your platelets, you were in changing the profile of the bag and what that bag might be able to do in a, um, a bleeding patient. Um, I think that's the main ones. Rebecca, is there something I've forgotten? Probably. I know. I, I think that's right, Sean, in terms of this study. We, we didn't include um, thromboelastography. Um, but that's because in a previous paper that we published in Transfusion, we had um, already looked at that and shown that for uh, some of the key sort of parameters that you would assess by that method, that the results were relatively stable out through today, 21. So we didn't repeat that in this study, but th this study was just aimed at getting a much more detailed look at various aspects of uh, platelets function as assessed by agrigometry and, and flow cytometry. Sean, you mentioned uh, the platelet microparticles. Can you tell us more about those and what is known about their significance relative to in vivo platelet function? We There isn't a very good understanding of how that relates to in vivo function. What we do know is that there has been um, recent work that has looked at frozen platelets, which have a much higher microparticle count than you would see, that, than we saw in this study with the cold platelets. And they do not appear to cause adverse um, events in a certain subset of um, patients, not specifically, again, not specifically trauma or um, um, emerging, uh, major hemorrhage patients. But the actual sort of what that might mean for a, a bleeding or a trauma patient is is not really very well determined. There's a idea that that could 
because you've got an increase in clot in surface primed for clotting that could be um, beneficial to stop bleeding but it's not a proven benefit it's a it's a theory that people um, see as one of the reasons why cold platelets and frozen platelets could be advantageous in this setting. Why may the change in platelet count for cold-stored whole blood have been significantly higher than for room-temperature platelets or cold-stored platelets, but not for cold-stored platelet-rich plasma? Okay, so I think the question is why in the cold-stored whole blood is the decrease in platelet count higher than in some of the other um, components that we tested? Personally, I don't have a good explanation for because at the outset of the project I had actually anticipated that it may be the other way around that if your platelets were in whole blood that perhaps they may be more protected from those changes but in terms of the mechanisms of you know platelets uh, if you like going from intact platelets through to microparticles etc etc we we certainly did seem to see that that was in, enhanced in whole blood versus um you know, in platelet concentrates. But of course, in in whole blood, you've got the presence of red cells and so on um, that themselves can release, uh, you know, substances such as ADP, etc., that have an effect on your platelets. Whether that is impacting on those aspects, I, I don't think we know. Are there any in vivo studies you would perform as follow-up to these findings? Yes, definitely. So um, the reason why we... Did these laboratory studies was that in uh, the UK we we don't currently produce whole blood for transfusion, but we are interested in understanding whether that may be beneficial for patients over the current standard of care. So we really undertook these laboratory studies as a prelude to being able to perform clinical studies to to really answer that question. So the purpose of these laboratory studies were really to assign uh, a shelf life to the product in order to then facilitate clinical studies um, at a later date. So we are planning to perform um, a a trial in the UK uh, next year to try to assess whether whole blood in the pre-hospital setting is uh, clinically more beneficial than our current standard of care, which in the UK is uh, the transfusion of red cells and plasma pre-hospital. So from our point of view, those are the next steps. And there are also um, studies planned in the US uh, and France to address similar questions. Um, So really, I think we, we look forward to those studies to understand whether the findings that we see in the laboratory are mirrored in improved uh, outcomes for patients. Which piece of your data is most concerning if you were to speculate about the in vivo function of platelets in cold stored whole blood? And which piece of data is most promising to indicate in vivo safety and efficacy? Okay, so so in, in terms of the um, likely efficacy, I think for me, there's an, a number of pieces of information that come out of the work to suggest that that is the case. I think the main one would be really the results, um, in fact, that were in our previous publication, Transfusion, 
and others looking at um, thromboelastography and showing that those results are relatively stable over the, the shelf life of whole blood. Um, in terms of, I think part of your other question was around, you know, which parts of your data are, are a cause for potential concern. You know, one of the issues with cold store platelets or whole blood, which in fact may be an advantage, is the fact that um, these platelets seem to be very hemostatically active, pro-aggregatory, activated, etc., etc., and containing um, microparticles to a level that we don't tend to see in platelet concentrates. Um, we don't know what that means. However, as Dr. Hewish said, uh, we do know that for, for cryopreserved platelets, where again, uh, those platelets contain high levels of microparticles and also your platelets are um, quite activated, that those platelets appear to be um, safe and, and tolerated in the studies that have been done to date. So I, I think we have to wait to see what the clinical data tell us, but from the laboratory data, and this was the, the point of us doing it prior to clinical studies, you know, we don't feel that we see signals that are of concern for safety of participants, and that's backed up as well by, um, you know, other retrospective data, clinical data on whole blood. Um, and the data from the sort of more global assays suggest that uh, that hemostasis is is maintained during the the storage shelf life, but ultimately, where to put the shelf life of whole blood based on the laboratory studies is is very difficult, and we really have to wait for the the next clinical studies to come out to to tell us whether what we think is is actually correct. How might the increased activation of the cold stored platelets impact different patient populations? For example, a patient who's already prothrombotic or a patient who's on anticoagulation? Yeah, so I guess the main concern would be um, uh, patients who are prothrombotic. And in the main, we're talking about using this component in patients who are actively bleeding. Um, clearly, the fact that your platelets are more activated, there is the you know potential for them to be prothrombotic. So, as a part of you know future clinical work, we would be wanting to um, uh, assess uh, those sorts of endpoints in as safety endpoints in as part of clinical trials, uh, which is you know will have to be incorporated into the future studies. So looking back over your study, what do you think was the most difficult part? Sean, this is definitely one for you. <laughs> <laughs> um, it was quite challenging to agree um, first off what we were intending to test. There's hundreds of things you could look at with platelets, as we mentioned. So we narrowed it down quite specifically to hemostatic function, but even then, there were things that we haven't tested here. Then once we'd sort of got a gauge of what we thought was important, finding suitable assays and performing those assays in a way that meant you could look across the arms of the study and do that direct comparison between that cold stored whole blood with that room temperature platelet, with that cold stored platelet. Again, given that 
one is stored in platelet additive solution, one is in plasma. They have very different platelet concentrations. The red cells add a complicating factor. That, that was a, a sort of a second challenge. There's always a challenge with any of our studies around getting the right units on the right day at the right time to be able to perform the studies and those sort of logistical challenges of these type of things um, because at the end of the day it's a biological product that comes from a donor so we um, we have to sort of work with that but I think definitely agreeing the initial what we were going to test and what was most important was there was a lot of thought put behind that and we consulted with a lot of people across NHSBT but also wider than than just our our immediate organization to make sure that we were targeting things that people clin clinical um, scientific and the general community thought were important in understanding for this component or assigning a shelf life and making sure as we said that it was suitable for the randomized control trials that we hope will happen next. And what was the most surprising thing you found? Rebecca kind of uh, alluded to being surprised by one of the findings, but what was the most surprising thing you found during the study? I think for me, I've, I've probably already um, alluded to it, but it was really, I, I suppose at the outset, I thought that the differences between platelets stored in whole blood versus platelet concentrates might be quite different, whereas in actual fact for the, apart from the decrease in platelet count, for the majority of, of aspects that we looked at, they were really rather similar. Um, and that, I think, was probably for me the, the most striking aspect of, of what we found, and not really what I was thinking at the outset. Um, so a good reason to do the study. <laughs> well, perfect. Thank you so much. And that's our show. Thank you to Dr. Hewish and Dr. Cardigan for joining us for a great discussion. This has been Yara Park for Transfusions Monthly Podcast. See you next time. Mm -hmm.